Hey, we want to welcome you back to this series we've been doing called Walk This Way. You know, I believe with all of my heart that um, the greatest privilege we get in life is the opportunity that we have to walk with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Um, you know, if you've not made that commitment, I just want to invite you to that today, um, to open your heart and to commit your life to the Lord Jesus Christ. Let him come in. Let him be your savior. Let him be your guide. Let him be the best friend that you have. And you know what? If you do that, you will never walk alone. Jesus promises he'll never leave us or forsake us, and he'll walk with us every step of the way. And, and if you've not done that, I pray, I just encourage you, please take that step It'll be the best decision that you've made. And if you have taken that step, uh, what we've been talking about in this series is how do we walk well in our faith? Um, you know, a lot of, there's a lot of different places in Scripture where it describes our journey of faith as a walk. And we've been kind of looking at different perspectives and uh, what that means and, and what can help us really walk with the, the fullness of life and effectiveness that God would want us to. And today, I want to I talk about a piece of it that I really believe is one of the most important pieces, but it's a piece that sometimes I don't think we really give enough thought and consideration to, okay? Um, Throw that picture up on the screen for me. That young lady right there is, her name is Meredith Fitzmaurice, and uh, she is from Canada, lives in Ontario, Canada. And 2013, being um, an avid runner, uh, she decided she was going to participate in a Run for the Heroes run that was going on there. Um, and uh, she was going to run the half marathon part. It was actually, you could run a half marathon or you could run a marathon. And uh, she had done uh, a couple of half marathons and before and decided that's what she was going to do. So she signed up, got to the starting line, took off, and was running that day a really good race. Um, but at a point where she was supposed to turn left, she turned right. And a couple of miles later, she realized she was not running with the half marathon runners. She was running with the full marathon runners. And Meredith had never run a full marathon before. And she's like, well, you know, what do I do? And she looked ahead and, you know, there were a group of guys that she was following that were really running a good clip and she was just trying to keep up. And a, an official on, on a bicycle comes pedaling by and she flags him down and she says, hey, I took a wrong turn. Um, I'm, I was supposed to be with the half marathon. Now I'm running the full marathon. And, you know, I, I think I would like to go ahead and at least try to keep running. But will it be official? You know, if I run, will it, will it still count? And uh, they, he checked with another official and came back and said, yeah, it'll still count. You started at the same time. No, no problem. Uh, it'll count. Just do the best you can. And, and she said, well, if you don't mind, could you kind of catch up with me at the last couple of miles just to make sure that I'm okay? So she, she, she ran and she, she just kept chugging along. And don't you know that when it came to the end, she had the best run of her life. In fact, she finished 10th in the marathon, only nine men finished ahead of her. She actually won the women's division for this marathon, even though she had never run a marathon before. 
And it was crazy when I was reading this story and, and just laughing and, and just reading what, what Meredith was responding to and all the questions. One of the things she discovered that is a great discovery for all of us is that when you get around the right people, you can do more than you ever thought you could. You see, Meredith never thought she could run a marathon, much less win a marathon. But when she got around better and stronger runners, guess what happened? They pushed her by their own model to try harder, to reach further, and she did more than she thought was the case. Now, here's the fact of life. You know, when you, when you get around the right people, they just make you better. Amen? They just make you better. In fact, stay with me for a second. I want you to think back across your life. How many of you can identify some people that you know you could point to and you can say, it was because of their influence in my life. It was because they came along a side of me. It was because they, God brought them along my path and they, because of their influence on me, because of their model, because of their encouragement, because they're put, I became better than I know that I would have been on my own. How many of you have some people that you can point to? Absolutely, absolutely, we all do. Flip that over. How many of you have some people that you can look back on and go, they weren't good for me? When they, when they were in my life, um, I didn't do so well. I, uh, uh, they were, you know, they, 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 they took me to places I shouldn't have gone, and they led me in directions I shouldn't. I was, I was not the best version of myself around them. How many of you would admit you had people like that? Yeah, yeah, we all do. Now, that's the point of what I want to talk about today. As we're talking about this, this walk that we're on, here's one of the things that we don't often consider. Here's the question. So who are you walking with? Who are you walking with? I read a statement last week that said, you are the average of your five closest friends. And I thought, I'm an idiot. <laughs> no, you're not among my five closest friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's just like, holy cow. You know, and I don't know how true that is, but there's a lot of truth in the fact that whoever we let in have a great influence in our life. And that's what we want to focus on. If you want to take your sermon outline out, you can track along with me. Now, Here's what I'm going to do today. I'm going to do more teaching than preaching today. Um, I want to teach you some things that, from, this, from this message that I hope will help you. I hope that it will challenge you. I hope that this will help you to think critically about who you are letting in and how near you let those individuals. Um, I, also, I also want you to take good notes today because here's what I can promise you. Some of you know some people who really need to hear this. And some of you have some, some friends or some people that you know that this would be some great stuff to be able to pass along to them, okay? Are you ready? Okay, take your outlines out. Those of you watching online, glad you're tracking with us. We're going to throw this stuff up on the screen, and you can, you can see it there. Um, I want you to look at the passage of Scripture that's our Scripture for today from Proverbs 13, verse 20. Would you read that out loud with me, please? Walk with the wise and become wise associate with fools, and get into trouble. Now, is that ever, ever a true statement? If you walk with the wise, guess what? You become wiser. But when you let fools in, guess what? 
Yeah, you get in all kinds of messes, okay? I want to I wanna unpack this together for you today, and I, and I want you, again, I want you to think carefully with me. And I know I'm going to introduce some things that maybe some of you haven't thought about before. Some of this was stuff when I was coming working through it, I'm going, man, that's a great thought. I'd never really thought about it before. It's challenged me. I hope this will challenge you. You ready? Be careful who you walk with. That's the title for our message today. Here we go. Here's the first point I want to give you. Be aware of the dangerous people in your life. Be aware of the dangerous people in your life. And I promise you, as I unpack this, some of them are not going to be the people you are thinking of. Look at what Jesus said. I I love this. In John chapter 2, it says, and because of the miraculous signs Jesus did in Jerusalem at the Passover celebration, many began to trust in him. Read it with me out loud. But Jesus didn't trust them because he knew all about people. No one needed to tell him about human nature for he knew what was in each person's heart. Now, what I want to point out is that Jesus was thoughtful about the people who were around him. He was thoughtful about who he trusted himself to. And believe it or not, there are, for many reasons, some very dangerous people for us. Now, I'm going to walk you through several of them. This is not a complete list, but these are several I thought of that I think may be helpful for you. The first one, are you ready? Draining people. Draining people are dangerous for you. How many of you have people that when you're around them for any length of time, it feels like somebody just sucked all the life out of you? You got, you got, you got people like that? Yeah. Draining people. Draining people are people who are always complaining. They are people who are always negative. Uh, they are people who are always whining. Uh, there are people who always, you know, are, are always like that. And the more you're around people like that, the, the more life just seems to seep a- away from you. When I was thinking about this, I, I began to think about, this is why, you'll get this, uh, for any of you who have been stay-at-home moms at all before, um, this is why by the end of the day for a stay-at-home mom, why they need a break. Why? Because kids are draining. I mean, we have our grandkids quite a bit, and, it, and it's always, you know, I need this, I want this, I want that, uh, you know, and, and kids, kids whine, kids complain, kids, you know, kids just take, 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 why? Because that's the nature of children, that's just what children do, but if you're around that all the time, and you don't have anything else in your life, guess what? Life starts getting sucked out of you. And, and again, you just have to be aware, who are those draining people in my life? And how much of myself do I really want to give them? Okay, you got that. Second, and this is going to be helpful for some of you, needy people. Needy people are dangerous people for you. But probably not for the reason that you're thinking. Needy people are those people who always want something for you from you. Needy people are those people who are always in a crisis. Needy people are those people whose lives are just full of drama. Every time they, you, they turn around, you know, they're calling you up because they're in some kind of crisis and, and they want that crisis for you to, you know, to constitute an emergency for you. You know, I mean, you know, they, that's how they want to, those are needy people. Now, why are they dangerous? Look at me. Don't miss this. They turn you into a rescuer. Hear my heart. And some of us get addicted to rescuing. 
Let's be honest. Sometimes we help people, not so much because we're doing it for them, because we're doing it for us. Now, I am speaking to you as a classic codependent sitting up here today. We find, sometimes find ourselves around needy people, and they always want something, you know, and so we, we fix them, and we fix them, and we fix them, and we get addicted to that rescuing role. And every once in a while, we got to step back, because here's what happens, gang. When you play that role too long in people's life, you become their God. And we need to help people learn how to find God on their own and take care of their own emergencies rather than always turning to us. Amen? Amen. Needy people, they can be dangerous for you. Toxic people are dangerous. Toxic people are dangerous. Toxic people are the people who, um, they put you down. They criticize you. They're always uh, nitpicking about who you are and what you do. They are calling you names. Um, they are telling you that you're not all of that. Toxic people are those people. They're not only negative, they're directly negative to you because here's what happens. When you get around toxic people, they try to define you. They try to tell you that you're not going to do this and, and you're not going to become that. Toxic people are the people who put you down and the danger in that is then we begin to sometimes let these toxic people shape our self-image and we let toxic people define us and no one has the right to define you except the God who made you. Amen? It's true. No one has the right to define you except the God who made you. And you've got to be aware that sometimes these toxic people are dangerous for you. I bet you didn't think of this one. Adoring people. Adoring people. Adoring people are dangerous. Now, since we're being vulnerable here, can I be honest? I love adoring people. I love people to tell me how great I am. I love people who come up to me and say, oh, you're the best pastor. There's never been a pastor like you. No one preaches as well. No one is so kind and caring. There is, there is none like you. Yeah. And I'm just soaking it in going, yes, yes, it's true. Yes, it's true. Now, you, you get the danger with adoring people. Uh, adoring people be, can easily puff you up, and that can lead to pride. That can lead to overconfidence. That can lead to a, a lot of, of, of bad things in your life. But here's the other part about adoring people. Please don't miss this. Adoring people, most of them, they won't tell you the truth. Adoring people, most of the time, they won't tell you the truth. Now, hear my heart. All of us need encouragement. All of us love it when someone tells us we do a good job or that, you know, we mean something to them. All of us love that. All of us need that. But adoring people, adoring people won't tell you hard things that you need to hear. Now, look at me. You know I love you. But here's the truth. Every one of us need people in our lives who love us enough to tell us the truth. Amen? 
We need people in our life who, who don't just encourage us when we need encouragement. We need people who, who can pull us aside and say, you know, I know I've noticed this. Or, hey, can I, can I talk to you about that? Or are you sure that's the kind of person you want to be or the decision you want to make? We need people who can be honest with us and not just adore us. Adoring people can be dangerous. Controlling people are dangerous. Controlling people are dangerous. Anybody have any experience with controlling people before? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. How many of them are related to you? <laughs> That's often the case, yeah. And, and, and the reason why, again, controlling people, I believe with all my heart, they mean well, but controlling people are trying to tell you what your destiny is and, and how you ought to be. And, and, and again, there's a place where you've got to be able to push back on controlling people or they become dangerous to you. Because if you're, if you're not careful, controlling people can make you miss out on some things that God may have for you. Controlling people can be very powerful, and often in our lives, they are people that, um, you know, are often close to us, and sometimes, if we're honest, it's very hard for us to push back on them because we don't want to hurt their feelings, but if we always give in to the controlling people in our lives, then we're letting them shape where we go and who we become, and you know what? That's not anyone's role here on planet Earth. Amen? Betcha. Now, let me, let me give you a personal example. Um, my mom was, was controlling. God, God rest her soul. I love my mom and um, a wonderful woman. But mom had control issues. Um, mom loved to tell everyone what they needed to do and how they needed to do it. And, and I'll never forget um, in my development as, as a youth, um, when I, not after I committed myself to Christ and sometime later when I felt the call to ministry. Um, I'll never forget the day that I came home and sat down at the kitchen table and I looked at my family and I said, God has called me to be a pastor. And uh, when I graduate, I'm going to go to college and I'm, I'm going to study for the ministry. And I'll never forget my mom looking across the table at me and saying, no, you're not. When you graduate, you're going to get a job in the factory just like your dad, just like your brothers. Now, hear my heart. My mom meant well. That was all she knew. Mom dropped out of school in eighth grade. She didn't understand the need to leave and all of that. But I looked back across the table with my mother and I said, Mom, I love you, but I'm not going to go to work in the factory. I'm going to go to college and I am going to be a pastor even if you don't support me. Please hear my heart. Those are not easy conversations. Those are sometimes very difficult conversations. But that moment in my life, don't miss this, that moment in my life was a defining moment because I would not have fulfilled what God had for my life if I had let my mother be my God. Does that make sense to you? They can be dangerous. Let me give you one more. Influential people are dangerous people. Influential people are dangerous people. Influential people are the people you want to be like. Uh, influential people are the people that you admire. Influential people are the cool kids you want to hang out with, or, or, or they are the people that you want their approval, you, you want their attention, you, you want them to think well of you. And influential people, 
can be dangerous because sometimes influential people don't always have your best interests at heart. And so, again, that's why they, they, again, the right kind of influential people can take you to places that you wouldn't achieve on your own. The wrong kind of influential people can take you to places that you shouldn't go. The wisdom to know the difference is the key. Does that make sense to you? Now, I want you to hear my heart. These are, all, these are all kinds of people that can be dangerous to you. I'm not telling you today, please not, don't hear what I'm not saying. I'm not telling you today, because I know some of you right now, you're writing names down beside some of these, I can tell. You know, you've got faces and names in your mind. I'm not telling you to break relationships with these people. I'm not telling you to turn your back on these people. I'm not telling you to shun these people. I'm not telling you to have nothing to do with these people. What I am telling you is decide for yourself with the help of God how much of your life you want to give over to them. Because having them in your life is not the problem. How much of your life you give over to them is the problem. Does that make sense? That gets me to the second main thought on your outline. On the back. You can't control who comes into your life, but you can control who you let in to your heart. You can't control who you let in, who, who, you, who gets into your life, but you can control who you let in to, to your heart. I mean, think about this with me. We, we're born into families. We don't choose our family. You know, we're born into a family, and this is the group we've got. You know, we don't get to choose that. But along the way, we have to discern, even with our own family members, how, how many of them are, are really people that we can trust in the deeper parts of our heart, and how many of them are people that we have to love, but we have to keep at a distance. We go to school. We don't always get to choose, you know, what school we go to. We don't get to choose what kind of kids are in our class. But we we do get to choose how much do I really want to be like these kids how much of these kids do I really want uh, how close do I really want to let them in to to where I really live how much like them do I really want to be we go to college and you don't always get to choose your roommate you don't always get to choose the people who are in your field of study the classmates that you're going to have to study with you don't always get to choose that but you do get to choose how much influence you give them in the way that you live does this make sense you find a job, and wherever you go, you've got to work with people. And, and as you meet and greet those people, as you get to know those people, internally, you are making a decision. How near are you going to let them, or how far are you going to keep them distance based on the impact you want them to have or not have in your life? There's a great passage of Scripture in Proverbs 4, verse 23, it's on your outline. Read it out loud with me. Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Are you getting that? Guard your heart above all else. Why? Because this determines the course of your life. I, I saw a picture last week that I love. Throw that picture up on the screen for me, would you? I love this picture, and think of that. Think of that rope right there. Think think of that as the as the line of your life. That's your lifeline. You know, that's where your life is going. And and there's your heart. And you notice how how the the heart has a lock. It's locked. And guess what? Look at me. You hold the key. And what you have to decide 
each day along the way is who you are going to give that key to to let in closer to your heart. And you have to be really careful with that. You are the gatekeeper to your heart. I am the gatekeeper to my heart. Would you say that with me? I am the gatekeeper to my heart. Jesus had some really strong words about this. Look at Matthew chapter 7, verse 6. Read it out loud. Don't waste what is holy on people who are unholy. Don't throw your pearls before two pigs, because they will trample the pearls and turn and attack you. Now, what's Jesus saying? Jesus is saying, you know, you better be very careful with the intimate parts of your life, because there are people who won't treat them the way that they should. Now, please look at me. Hear my heart. The people around you, they don't think nearly enough about you as they should. That's why I put the statement there on your outline. It says, save the sacred places of your life for the people who will treat it as sacred. Now, look at me. You know I love you. But there are people who won't treat the sacred places in your life as sacred. They will use you. It's up to you to be the gatekeeper for your heart. Um, there was a, a few years ago, there was a 16-year-old kid named Clifton Chapman. He lived in the San Francisco area. And Clifton uh, made a few friends in the neighborhood. And like any 16-year-old kid, he... You know, he just wanted to be part of the gang, you know, so he liked hanging out with these neighborhood kids. Now, here, here, here becomes the dynamic. As you get to make friends and as you see yourself wanting to be in a relationship with this person or this group, you've got to decide how much of yourself you're willing to compromise or not. And uh, these kids got into a couple of shady things and Clifton kind of tiptoed around the edge. But one night, there were a group of, there were five of them and they were yakking together and there was this guy walking down the street on his cell phone and one of the kids in the group had this smart idea. He said, let's take his cell phone from him. And um, so, you know, you get kids in a group, they feel really tough. And so Clifton kind of played along. He went up and, you know, they got around this guy and they said, you know, we want your phone. And so the guy complied. He gave him his phone and then he made him empty his pockets and they're rifling through his stuff. Well, one of the kids in the group who was the, the tough kid, you know, the kid who wanted to set the pace for everybody else and let him know, let everybody know what a, you know, what a real tough guy was, pulled out a revolver and he pointed at the guy. And he said, don't you try anything. Well, the guy wasn't trying anything. The guy was being very compliant. But this kid, whether he got too full of himself or, 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 or whether he just got nervous and, and his finger flitched or whatever happened, he pulled the trigger. And he shot this man in the face. But when he shot this man in the face, Clifton fell over dead. He shot this man in the face and the bullet ricocheted off the man's jaw and struck Clifton right in the temple. And this 16-year-old kid who was not a bad kid, he was simply with the wrong group of people at the wrong time, lost his life. And what did his friends do? They all took off. 
left him and the wounded man laying there on the ground. Now, what I'm saying to you today is your heart is a precious thing. And God has given you this incredible power to decide who you're going to let in and who you're going to keep out. Guard your heart above all else because this is going to determine the direction of your life. Amen? Amen. Let me give you another thought, third thought. And this is particularly for those of you who um, have been in the faith a while and you're, you've walked this journey a little bit and, and maybe you're listening and you're thinking, Pastor Steve, you know, there, hey, boy, there's a lot of people I know that need this, but my friends are still pretty good. I've got pretty good people in my life. Let me, let me give you a thought, maybe just at least just to think about. You ready? Here it is. Learn to balance your life between those you need and those who need you. Learn to balance your life between those you need and those who need you. Love the passage of Scripture from 2 Timothy. Paul does a great job describing what this discipling relationship should be all about. Read it with me out loud. It's on your outline. You have heard me teach things that have been confirmed by many reliable witnesses. Now, teach these truths to other trustworthy people who will be able to pass them on to others. In other words, what Paul was saying is that this Christian walk should be both about receiving and filling your own cup as well as pouring in to the life of someone else. And, and it's about a balance of both. And what I've discovered is that often in our, in our walk of faith, we get imbalanced. We, we lean into one or the other, and, and we forget to manage that well. I'll never forget when I, I went to uh, Phoenix to be the senior pastor many years ago. And um, I was getting to know the staff, and I'd set up individual appointments to just kind of talk about them and how they spent their week and what they did. Never forget um, one, of the, one of the gals, uh, her name was Bobby. Uh, Bobby ran our, our preschool program. She uh, oversaw our women's ministry. Great, great lady. But when we were sitting down and we were talking about goals and where she was heading, I asked her the question. I said, show me, show me your calendar. Tell me how you spend your week. I just want to get a feel for what you do. And so she pulled out her calendar and she started talking about, you know, uh, uh, on this day I'm meeting with this woman, she's got this problem. And then on this day I'm meeting with this woman, she's got these issues. And then on this day I'm meeting with this person and she's got all kinds of stuff going on. And she started naming woman after woman that she was meeting with. All were very needy or, or people who were having all kinds of issues. When she got to the end, I said, Bobby, I said, where on your calendar are the people who are pouring into you. And she looked at me like I'd just grown green horns or something, you know. It was just that, like, you know, what do you mean? And I, and I said, she, I said, you know, where are the people who, who are pouring in? You're pouring your life out into this woman and this woman. and this. You're giving and giving and giving. Who, who are you meeting with that you are gleaning from? Who are you meeting with that's, that's giving something to you, that's re, replenishing your strength and your vitality? Who's pouring into you? And I'll never forget, she looked at me, she goes, I don't have time for those kinds of people. And I just started laughing. I said, you have to make time for those kinds of people because this calendar is a setup for burnout. 
Because if you're always giving and never receiving, you know what you're going to discover? You're going to discover you're going to begin to run dry. You're going to begin to run out. And this very job that you love, give it long enough, you're going to begin to resent it because you have nothing left to give. Does this make sense to you? Now look at me, gang. We all need that. Now, I, I, you, you will almost never um, have a hard time finding people who want a piece of you. I, I, don't, I don't have to call people up and say, do you need me today? You know, I, I don't discover it. I, you know, I've got, I, you're, you're like me, I know. You've got people who, you've got people in your life. They want something from you. And, and you've got people who, that, you, don't, you don't usually have to go looking too hard to find people to pour out a little bit into. But sometimes you do have to look a little bit to decide who do I need in my life that can just pour into me a little bit. And we all need that. Even me. I'll, I'll never forget in Phoenix, again, I was, uh, one day I received a, a flyer in the mail from a guy who was, um, ran a ministry there in the area. And uh, um, his name was Al Els. And um, Al, I, when, he, when it listed the different things he could help your church or you with, uh, he coached pastors. He was a therapist who was also an ordained minister. Uh, he did uh, coaching. He did help churches, help them grow, did a lot of teaching, that kind of stuff. And I noticed in his kind of um, resume of things that he did that he did a lot of things that, that I've been asked to do for churches. And I thought, man, this sounds like somebody I'd like to get to know. So I just called him up and say, hey, Al, my name's Steve Childs. I pastor here in, in town. And I'd love to buy your lunch and just talk to you a little bit about what you do and because it's some of the same stuff I do and when I met Al I, I just fell in love with this guy he was so wise he was so kind he was so uh, insightful and um, and when, by the time that first meeting was over I, I said Al could I could I call you from time to time and just sit at your feet and ask you questions and and I began to do that and Al would Al would talk to me about problems I was dealing with or or people that I was having having conflict with and how to solve that and and how to how to manage my board and how to do all this stuff he helped me in so many ways and and I discovered that was one of the most replenishing times in my life having someone like who could do that for me and we all need that we need people we can give to, but we also need people who can give to us. Amen? Balance your life like that. Let me give you one more. Give it to you quick. The more influence you give to someone in your life, the more they need to be like Christ. The more influence you give to someone in your life, the more they need to be like Christ. You know, we're called to go make disciples, and that means we are called to spend time around people who are far from God. And I hope that you have people in your life who are far from God that you're trying to connect with for the purpose of leading them to Christ. But the closer in your life you let people, the further in you allow people to, you not just influence them, but you let them influence you, the more they need to be like the God you serve. 
You know, that's one of the reasons when, you know, we're doing uh, counseling with young people who are thinking about getting married. We say, please, 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 if you're going to pick someone to marry, please find someone who's a Christ follower. Find someone who shares your values, shares your God, someone who shares your passion for the faith. Because one of the struggles you will have is if you lock lock up with someone who doesn't serve God the way you serve God, there is going to be this polarizing effect that it's going to have in your life as you make decisions about things that are valuable and important to you. That's why Paul, in 2 Corinthians, he wrote, read it out loud with me, 2 Corinthians 6, 14. He says, don't team up with those who are unbelievers. How can righteousness be a partner with wickedness? How can light live with darkness. In other words, Paul's saying, you know, again, it's one thing to say, I, I want to be in relationship with people who are far from God, but it's another thing to, to bring them into the center of your life and allow them to influence who you are and who you're becoming. It is good to bring people who are Christ followers in. Again, look at what Psalm 37:30 says. He says, read it with me. The godly offer good counsel. They can teach right from wrong. In other words, if you bring into the closest places those who are godly, guess what? They will help you be more like God. I, I saw this diagram. I just thought this was cool. Throw that up on the screen for me. I love the thought of our lives being like this, these concentric circles where you've got acquaintances out on the edge, and then one layer in, you've got people who are colleagues or customers or whatever. And then on the third layer, you've got people who are friends, people you know a little bit more about, they know a little bit more about you. But look at that inner ring, the confidants in your life, the confidants. And then you get to the center, and, and here's the deal. The closer to that center you get, the more these people need to be Christ-like. Think about this with me. You know, we often see this diagram, and we see Christ on the throne of our life. And the closer in you allow people, the more power in your life you're giving them. In other words, you're giving them a little throne of their own. You're giving them influence in your life to speak into who you are and what you do. And the closer in to the throne of Christ that they become, the closer in to the center of your life, the more they need to have Christ at the center of their life. If not, you open your life to all kinds of struggle and all kinds of conflict. The more influence you give people, the more they need to be like your God. You know, I want to be honest with you. Um, I've made a lot of mistakes in my life. There, there are a lot of things I, I would love the opportunity to go back and do over. Things I didn't do right. Things I should have done differently. But there was one thing I did right. I married a woman who loved God even more than I do. And my wife has been more than just a helpmate for me. She has been a rock in our home. She has been a tremendous godly influence on my life. And I promise you, I would not be here and I would not be the man that God is shaping me into 
if I hadn't let her into the center of my life. Choose well. Walk with the wise. What happens? You grow wise. But if you walk with fools, you'll cut into trouble. Let's pray. Father, thank you uh, for this time together today. Um, I thank you, Lord, for this message that you laid on my heart. Um, because I know, Lord, that it was uh, stuff that I needed to hear again as much as anyone in this room or anyone who's watching online. It, it really isn't easy in navigating our relationships to sometimes keep people in the proper place that they need to be. Um, there are some people, Lord, that we let into the closer links of our life, and, and they're a little bit dangerous. They can have influence on our life that they really shouldn't have because their interests are not for us. Their interests are for themselves. So, Father, I pray. I pray that you would help this group just take these things today and that, that you would help them to mold them over in their heart, that they would be wise and discerning as to who they let in to the inner places, the sacred places in their life, that you would remind us each and every day that, that we are the guardians of our heart. We hold the key to who gets in close and that we need to choose well. Lord, you said it so clearly in your word that if we will walk with the wise, we'll grow wise. We'll be like Meredith, Lord. When we get around people who are as strong as us or stronger in their faith, we will become stronger in our faith. But if we let too many of the wrong kind of people in too close, we can just get ourselves into all kinds of trouble. Lord, help us again to be wise and discerning and to walk in a way that brings glory and honor to you. It's in your precious name we pray today. And everyone said, amen, amen.